Hey, this is Chris from Kink Perth, and you're listening to Kinky Confessions, the podcast. Today's episode, you may not know the voice, but you certainly will know the name. What can I call you? And what is your kinky confession? Oh, here we go. I have to reveal it myself, do I? Yes, you do. Well, for the sake of this, you can call me Mistress Luna. And when it comes to confessions, I guess that insinuates that I have things to hide, doesn't it? So Not necessarily. It's just you confessing to me and I don't know. Oh, okay, well, that changes everything then, doesn't it? My list of kinky confessions is that I am a pro-dom, a sexuality educator... And I also run little sex parties on the side. Oh, and what's your sex party on the side called? Uh, my sex parties are called Kumana Nights and they are quite new to this town, but so far, so good. So far, so good. So far, How many have so you had? Good. <laughs> How many parties have you run? Uh, we have only had two so far, but um, look, we've got our third one coming up and they're the, the tickets are flying out the room like little hot steaming cakes. Very nice. Yes. I see that there is a VIP section. Look, we, we decided to do that in our first event. Yep. And that was kind of, you know, me and my co-facilitator are quite creative women. Mm -hmm. And we were like, how can we make people feel really special? Um, and that that went down really well. I think people really enjoyed that. Um, so this time we're kind of doing a bit of a spin on that. But it's going to be different every time. Yeah. I had some friends and that went and they had VIP tickets and raved about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I guess so. Here we go. My first question. What makes you different than all the other parties? Look, I've been around. I've tried lots of different parties over the time that I've been alive and, you know, all since adulthood. <laughs> and what I really appreciate about kind of any sexual party or environment is, you know, feeling safe, eh, and also having it be a really sensual environment because yep. um, I think, you know, that's quite a feminine touch, I guess, and... Um, some of the parties that I've been to have definitely kind of been more about the partying than the actual sensual environment. So, yep. And, you know, I, I just think that people can get really excited about the idea of going to these events, but actually they're terrified. So to actually create something where people feel really comfortable and it feels very fancy and um, they can actually sit around and talk and get to know people instead of there being this kind of loud, booming music, um, I really wanted to create, you know, something that was more like that, that rather than this big pumping um, dance party with sex happening in it. Yeah. So, so these are women's run-only events. How do you say it? Well, no, okay, so we're run by women yep. uh, predominantly. Well, yes, all of the uh, people who are running and um, kind of facilitating our parties identify as women, but that's obviously, you know, a very broad spectrum of sure. identities. Um, and our focus is on women's safety, women's pleasure, um, women, you know, feeling really... Uh, you know, free to express themselves and explore. So it's not a case of hating men and not wanting them at our parties. It's just a case of making sure that uh, women are kind of the special guests and that they're really facilitated for. So, it's for them. Yeah, it's yeah. for the women. And I think, you know, historically women have missed out on a lot of kind of, you know, delicious sluttiness. And now, <laughs> we're, now we want a bit of that. And so I really want to make a space that can... Yeah, they can get some of that in their lives. And so far, it's great. The last party, what's some of the things that happened at the party or how do you make it so sensual? Well, the last party was women's only, women attending only. So yep. this was cis, trans, non-binary, AFAB women. Um, so there were no cis men at the party. And we set the, we set the space up like 
I called it harem. I'm going to kind of take back the party name. I couldn't take it back at the time, but I got a bit of, you know, uh, commentary online saying I was culturally appropriating and I actually didn't realise that at the time. So um, to those people who I offended with that name, I do apologise. I have learnt since then. Um, but yes, the, the kind of style of the event was like harem tense. So it was very wisty. Wisty, that's not even a word. I'm just making shit up now. Wistful. Nice and breezy and free flowing. Well, it was just like a lot of, you know, like soft curtains with fairy lights and a lot of little nooks to kind of have privacy and, um, you know, lots of soft lighting and platters everywhere. And it was very, it was very kind of. I don't know. There was a kinky element to it, but it wasn't kind of a kink party. So yeah. And how many women went to the, uh, that event? Uh, we had about 60. 60 oh, that's guests. a good size. Yeah, it, was, it felt very full. And, um, yeah, people were in a great mood. Yeah. <laughs> Things got very saucy. So the next one that you're coming up in a couple of weeks, or is it? When, when's that? The next one's in June. June, that's June 24th, right. yep. and that's an all-genders one. Yep. So we're going all out for that because it's my birthday weekend, it's my partner's birthday weekend, and it's one of our bar girls' birthday weekends. Oh, okay. Um, so we're just like, let's let's do everything that we can possibly do to make this <laughs> feel as fancy as we possibly can. Well, it's yeah, put on your best birthday party oh, for yeah, yourself literally. ever. Absolutely. So drinking, do you, is there an open bar or do you bring your own? How does that work? So we are a private party. We don't, um, do we don't do our parties in licensed venues, but we also don't do BYO. So we provide the tipples for our guests. They don't have to bring anything. We do that a, because that feels quite a lot nicer to come and, you know, have your drinks served and you don't have to kind of bring your big bottle of vodka or whatever you're drinking. Yeah. And also it just kind of reins in the drinking as well because we don't really want people to be getting super trashed because that's really so what it's for well when it comes to consent as well you know you can't really consent when you're super trashed so we would like to keep a, a good level of consent at our parties but yeah so they come and they get served and there's nice drinks and you know little platters for them to enjoy and then they can drink up each other's company and eat off the platter of each other's bodies Absolutely. if they so desire and it, is it a can I, is it a play event or there? it's just more of a social event? Oh, it's a play event. It's a play event, <clears throat> yep. It is very much a play event. Okay. Not that there's any pressure. No, 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 absolutely. Um, I don't ask for that. No. Um, that's why That's why we keep this kind of the locations under wraps and yeah. um, we keep everything kind of, you know, the information closed until the people have kind of got their tickets. And yeah. Then we, we disclose where it is and, you know, um, things like that because – we don't want crashes. Eh? No. And also, you know, this is an event that a lot of people can be really nervous attending. So yeah. they don't want to kind of have people taking photos or, you know, yeah. we don't want to have any of that. So it's very how many, how many people turn up and it's their first event? Oh, quite a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah, no, we get a lot of newbies. I think because we do promote it as a really safe event um, and a very social event, and we do a lot of work to... Um, really talk to people who are nervous and really kind of help them to process that journey of going to their first event. And we always have a lot of hosts at the party who are there specifically to help people out. So, you know, they're really friendly. They'll come and hang out with you. They can have a facilitated experience if they want, or they can just hang out by the bar. So there's a lot of options for our newbies. Nice. Yeah. It sounds a pretty good party. Now I want to move on. So, you mentioned also that you are a what, what did you what did you say a, a sexologist? 
I'm a sexuality educator. Sexuality yeah. educator, that's I'd, the word. A sexologist fits into that. I did yep. study sexology, but I never got the piece of paper. So I don't feel that I can officially call myself a sexologist. Yep. But um, I definitely have worked in that space for quite a long time now. So um, I do also have a master's of counselling and I have a private practice, which is called the kink counsellor. So my specialty is BDSM, kink, non-monogamy, queer identities, neurodiversity, any kind of fringe sexuality identities that might have experienced discrimination or, you know, might be hard to kind of come out as that identity. And um, I have a whole therapy practice around that. So there's a lot of education that happens in that space, but also, you know, processing of trauma. <laughs> and I also, as a pro-dom, I, I also kind of provide a lot of education whilst I do that as well. So it's not just a case of someone coming into the space and getting spanked on the ass, you know, like we do the negotiation. I t tell them about safe words. We build, we talk about trusting dynamics, you know, like there's checking in and education throughout. So I really approach everything that I do with kind of that educational lens. Is this a field of work that, and this is my ignorance and half of it is based on probably what I've watched on Netflix. <laughs> is that a situation where you may have a couple come in and engage in something and you watch it and facilitate it as well and help them? I have done things like that in the past. I've definitely helped to kind of coach couples through kink dynamics or help them to build stronger kink dynamics. Um, and that can either be through the therapy process, just sitting and talking about it, or we can go into session and I can kind of help them get into role and show them kind of different techniques and things like that. Um, but also, I guess, you know, even clients that don't come in specifically for coaching or education, they might just be a client that's wanting to access a pro-dom and just have that experience. Because I'm quite um, detailed in my vetting process and um, the kind of conversations that I have around what our session might look like and what their, uh, what their wants and needs are, um, and there's a lot of kind of debriefing as well. I think people find it a lot more therapeutic than what they were actually expecting. Yeah, and I, I do get quite a lot of comments being like, oh, wow, you know, like that really helped me to kind of like address some shame or I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. like oh, yes. How do you vet someone? For the party or for yeah, my just, pro -doming? Yeah, say for the, for the party or is it different? It is different. Thing? It's very yeah. different. Well, I guess there's some kind of similarities, but there's, um, there's a different process. For the parties, it's more just about kind of, not really deeply vetting someone for their whole life story, but it's also not just about them sending in a hot picture, right? Because attractiveness is a very subjective thing. You know, I, I don't want to just invite people that I want to sleep with. Yeah. Hey, I'm working. <laughs> I've got limited time to sleep with you. But they do have to submit their real first and last name because that's a safety issue. They also have to kind of answer a couple of questions. So, you know, tell us a bit about yourself what kind of experience are you hoping to have at this party and what is your understanding of enthusiastic consent? And then they submit a picture. And through that, I can kind of get a gauge of, you know, the way someone speaks about themselves and what they put forward in that can generally tell me, you know, what kind of person, person they, they, they might are. be. And of course, you know, maybe they're not. Maybe they're just really good at that. But we find that out you eventually. You out pretty quickly. Yeah, and we haven't had any issues so far, so we're good. Yeah. I want to go in and ask you about being a pro-dom because oh, that that, that's where the magic is, isn't oh, it's it? It's so <laughs> magical. There's so much magic. How old were you when you started? 
I haven't been pro-doming for that long. Like I, I, I would say maybe about two years now actually offering that as a, a, a service that I'm paid for. As far as exploring kink and that, I've, um, that goes back to kind of my early 20s and um, I've always had a bit of an interest in that. But I think, yeah, it's only been about two years of, of pro-doming and I guess I just kind of found my little niche and it just kind of started working for me. So it, um, you know, it's been going quite well. <laughs> As a pro-dom, what am I coming to you for? What are you coming to me for? Will you well. tell me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a list of things that I won't do, <laughs> um, which is the general list of what most people won't do, which is you know, lots of unsafe things. And um, I'm not I'm not a sadist per se, so I don't really enjoy kind of you know really hurting people or cutting into people's skin. I'm not going to do anything like that. Um, my style is a lot more sensual and a lot more, I guess, kind of authoritative, you know, rather than authoritarian. I'm not the kind of person in life that's going to stand over someone and like yell at them like I'm an army, you know, manager. So I'm not going to do that in a session either. So I don't offer full service. I'm, I don't disagree with full service sex work or think that's, you know, unethical or wrong I just choose not to do that myself because for me the experience of coming to see a pro-dom and getting that power dynamic and like experiencing that is not necessarily about genital stimulation or you know having an orgasm or finishing in that way so I, I kind of remove that from the beginning and then um, we can really explore more so as far as that like I do a lot of different things I'm very responsive to people's kinks and fetishes. I mean, I do have my favourite things that I do, but I'm also quite open-minded to, you know, tr trying and exploring a few different things that I've never tried before, so long as I know that I'm being safe with it. Sexual for them. I would say that what I do is erotic labour. Yep. <laughs> I guess I, it's, um, and it is sex work. It is a form of sex work. I'm not going to um, say I'm not a sex worker because it's a absolutely an erotic service um, that I'm providing. And um, some people, are, some people are extremely turned on and aroused um, in sessions and that's fine. I'm not offended by that. Yeah, definitely. I think most of my clients would have a kind of sexual uh gratification from from the session some more than others um, but that that's okay I mean I I definitely it, sometimes things can get very sexual and erotic it's just that I'm not going to kind of have sex with them <laughs> you know um, but yeah I, I guess like there's a list of services on my website if you want the list but um what's the most popular item on the menu at the moment I was quite surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised to, like, I wasn't, like, shocked at this, but I was surprised at how popular sissification is. Um, so kind of, you know, being feminised, being um, dressing in women's lingerie and being treated and kind of de degraded in that way, kind of like this reverse misogyny. <laughs> um, it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, look, I actually really enjoy it, and it's not because I want to treat someone like shit because they're dressed as a woman. I actually take a bit of a different spin on that and I'm like yes you look hot and you're my little slut and now you're going to do what I tell you but it's not about degrading them for looking feminine it's about dressing them up like my hot little slut you know <laughs> so they're kind of empowered as well but that's a fun one I enjoy that I well I mean everyone wants to be pegged these gonna, days that, don't they yeah I, I was gonna say <laughs> everyone I know it's all pegging 
Well, look, I heard something on Instagram or TikTok, one of those things that all the kids are using these days, that like 2023 is the year of pegging, you know, like it's the new trend. It's the hot new trend. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to disagree. I feel like more and more men are realising that anal sex is an option for them and yeah. so they should. Do you use a strap-on or something else? I don't like sticking my fingers in bums yeah. because bums they have a they have a sucking motion and like yeah. that's not for me <laughs> um so definitely oh. there's definitely objects that i i've definitely got implements yep. that i will do that <laughs> with um also i'm just gonna say that people's eyes are always bigger than their anus yeah i have so many people telling me what size that they would like and oh. i look at that and i'm like okay i'm gonna like tie you up to the bench yep. and put you in a really compromising position and then just bring that out and, and then see what see you think. And they always go for that one, that little tiny one, at the end, I, which I think is a healthy decision. Yeah, start with the smallest thing. Yeah. I guess that's the beauty of uh, hiring a professional, right? Because then you can ask for what you want and you can pay for it and you can get someone who knows what they're doing. And people kind of, um, people can often be offended. I mean, I'm, I'm on FetLife, but I don't use it a lot for <clears throat> my personal life. I, I love to go to events and be in the kink community, but I don't. Um, often kind of meet people to hook up with, or I don't think I ever meet people to hook up with on FetLife, but I do get a lot of messages um, from people just like that. Hey, want to peg me? I'm like, want to pay me my rate? Do that. And people are quite offended, but I'm like, well, you know, I've put time and energy in to learn how to do this in a way that's going to help you relax. It's going to help you feel more pleasure. It's going to help you feel dominated, which you want. Um, And that took a lot of my time, um, a lot of my money too. Costumes are expensive. Doesn't co- it costs ex- a lot of money to look this good? <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, people just want it, right? But it's like they don't kind of realize the complexities of it. So, when okay, so you're not having a sex party, you're not at work, you're not doming. What is it that you like? <laughs> uh, maybe this is my kinky confession. Okay, maybe my kinky confession is kind of the opposite of kinky, it's just my, it's my vanilla confession. I just really like, you know, being at the dog park and like doing arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bedazzler? <laughs> no, but I, but like, I do like to do mosaics. I really enjoy like knitting. I like doing little pictures on my iPad. Um, I even, I've even published a kinky coloring in book. Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> I did that because I realized that, um, because I am heavily, highly ADHD, hence all of the side hustles. Um, I realized that I can't listen properly, particularly at like university lectures when I was doing my master's. Unless I was fiddling or doing something with my hands. So I just decided I'm not going to try and be polite. I'm just going to draw the whole time I'm doing lectures. And look, what came out of it was a friggin' kinky colouring in book getting published. So look, it's not a bad thing. Oh, and it's a bestseller? Yeah. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> link, link in the show notes. Link in the show um, notes for Yeah, that. no, it's, it's a good one. It's, it's educational. It's got some tongue-in-cheek explanations of what things are. But then you can also, like, colour in someone peeing on someone. You know, like... It's beautiful. I'm just going to plug myself shamelessly here. Not in that way. (laughs) (laughs) So a kinky night at the apartment for you is a colouring in book and some knitting. Well, knitting's good in winter (laughs) because I slowly make a blanket over my legs, you know. Um, Yeah, I'm a very wholesome person. I'm also really annoying, you know. Like I just, I, I love to sit at home and annoy my partner. Yeah. I just, you know. 
I guess we have like a it's a dominant it's a DNS um, dynamic, but the D stands for dickhead, and that's me. Because I was going to say, what's your relationship at home? How's that dynamic? Um, it's, You're both knitters. No, no, we're very opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, I've got I'm like the kind of hyperactive extrovert, and my partner she's a like you know relatively stable mooded introvert. Um, but you know, she puts up with me like a champ. Um, we did kind of, when we first got together, we did try to explore a little bit of, um, a DNS dynamic, which we still have in our relationship, but, um, you know, obviously life gets in the way, doesn't it? When you're just living your lives. And so that's something that we kind of visit. Um, and we have some little rituals that just happen throughout our, throughout our days that we've been doing for the couple of years that we've been together. Um, but she's also super supportive of me, um, pro-doming and is always there for kind of like my aftercare, which is lovely. And also she helps me so much running these parties as well. And she friggin' loves the parties herself. So, you know, I'm always get to see her having so a So she time. gets to go and play and have fun while you're, uh, you're in charge of the party. Well, look, she helps to facilitate, uh, she's a remedial masseuse. Um, and so we, part of our VIP experiences can sometimes be like a, a, a nice massage and, um, a funny story from the last party, you know, I hadn't seen her for a while. I was at one end of the venue kind of socialising and making sure people were okay. And, and I hadn't seen her for a while. And I really wanted to just check in to make sure that, you know, she was okay, that she wasn't, you know, thinking I was off doing something. I mean, not that she would be jealous or anything, but just, you know, wanted to check in. Um, so I walked to the back of the room to go and find her. And then I walked in the room and she was on a massage table straddling this beautiful woman and just like slowly massaging her breasts. <laughs> and I was like, she is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not interrupting that. I'll just <laughs> leave you to it, hun. Um, keep keep doing that. So that was that was very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice moment. Oh, See, so I'd sit and watch and go, oh, yeah. And look, I did watch her do that at, over the night. She was just at it all night. I mean, yeah. she was a hot property that night and she probably will be at the next one too. I highly recommend getting under those hands yeah. um, for those people who have the VIP experience because chef's kiss. She is amazing. She knows her shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. She doesn't get jealous. I guess that that's it. Cause I'm kind of go when you, when you go, Oh, I'm, I'm pro doming tonight. When you get home, is it something that she just wants to jump you and is aroused by it or it's just aftercare on you? So when it comes to me, Pro-doming, that's a job, right? Yep. It's a job that I enjoy and it's a job that I'm like authentic in and present in and like I'm not just kind of acting this role and being fake, but also it is a job. So yep. um, she understands that and um, she knows that it's actually it's actually a hard job at times and it's a lot of energy to give someone to hold space for that long and really like come up with all the ideas and make all the decisions and, you know, do impact or peg someone or whatever. I mean, that's hard on the lower back. Um, but so, yeah, she doesn't kind of have any jealousy or or weirdness around that because she understands that that's a job that I do um, and she completely respects that. So she doesn't really necessarily get turned on by it either. But then, you know, we also explore kind of openness in our relationship as well. So we play with other people sometimes. We've experienced kind of, you know, different non-monogamous situations and just like any couple we will go through difficulties with that and I think that's really normal um, and jealousy comes up but you know I think when you're both willing to work on that and that's something you both want you learn how to do that and you do you it. like jealousy 
No. No? Well, I don't like, I'm not the kind of person who wants to make someone feel jealous. No. Or, and I don't like feeling jealousy myself, but I don't naturally feel very jealous. Like I think I'm, I generally feel quite a lot of compersion for my partner when I see them playing, for example. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, like yeah. get it. And it's not even like, yes, I want to be in that. Like sometimes I do, but sometimes I'm like, get it girl. Yeah. Because I, I say that because I like to feel the jealousy. Yeah. Because right. if I don't give a shit about you, why would I be jealous? But that's the thing that I feel like I get it. Like I get that dynamic, yeah. but also like when people are like, well, this is how I know I love you is because I'm jealous. It's like, no, well, no you don't have to be jealous of someone and just to love them. Like, Have you bumped into clients in public? I'm trying to think. I feel like I have and I'm forgetting the story. I know that there's been a couple of clients that ha I have seen kind of more long term and I've had a really good rapport with them and we've kind of had to discuss, you know, like what happens if we meet, if we bump into each other, like, you know, particularly if they're married, which we know that there are lots of married men that seek out these services and that's not up to me to judge. They want to do that. But I'm also like respectful. I don't want to, you know, break up their marriage. That's not what I'm there to do. So it's kind of like, I'm happy for you to pretend you don't know me and I, I pretend I don't know you. But if you were to also come up and say hi, I'd just be like, hey, how are you going? You know, yeah. I'm not necessarily hiding it, but then it's everyone's different, aren't they? Yeah. Now, do you travel and Dom or are you just Perth-based? I I think in a way I'm lucky because pro-doming is more of a side hustle for me. Yeah. Um, it's not kind of my main gig. Um, well, it means that I haven't really put much effort into kind of yeah. traveling with it, which would be fun, I guess. Um, but I also just don't do it as often, yeah. and which I think keeps my energy up. I don't yeah. think I could actually do this job, um, as like a full-time full thing. Time. Yeah. And I also like that because it's not my main source of income, uh, there's no desperation behind it. There's not yeah. like, oh, I have to meet, meet this quota this week in order to pay my bills. It's like, yeah. it's like, do I have the energy to take a new client? Like, yes, I do. I've got time. And then I can really like do it and enjoy it. But no, I haven't really kind of built up a business where I go and travel and do tours and I'm just about to move to Sydney. So I'm interested to see if I continue to do it there and what that would look like. Yeah. If someone wanted to fly me somewhere though, like if they were willing to go through that vetting process um, and they were willing to spend the money, like, yeah, of course I'd travel. Yeah. <laughs> like take <Yep>. me there. <laughs> Interesting. This is an invite yes. to all of you listening. <laughs> But obviously that would be quite risky as well. So we'll see. We'll see what comes my way. And I will now be flying back every three months to run sex parties because apparently Perth just gagging for Commander Knights. Oh, so yeah. And I was recently back in Sydney and I was very surprised at the lack of parties when you look at a per head capital. Yeah. Perth's pretty kinky. When you look at the, the per capital basis. Perth has been named the number one swingers capital in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't disagree about that. I no. think, you know, we're isolated. So we're kind of like, well, we need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> Itchy feet. I got to say, I I always find these parties so much more wholesome than what I what you expect. You know, you, you're like, oh, it's going to be so sexually charged. But actually... Most people there are just having a wholesome time. Like the amount of high fives I've seen happen at the end of the night, like, hey, new bestie. Um, and I've taken people who I work, like colleagues from my vanilla life to go and like experience 
it together. Like there were obviously friends as well. Like it's not just random colleague, but I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll wing, I'll wingman you to sex parties. I'm like the go-to wing person for people wanting to go to sex parties. So look, it's always fun. So what's it, what's your relationship going to be like commuting or you're coming here every three months. She's going to fly back over every, every month. Oh or? no, she's moving to Sydney with she's me. She's moving with you. She's not coming straight away. I accidentally got <laughs> a job. So I just I have this thing where I'm like, if I want to make something happen, I'll do it, you know, and it just happens and I'll just make it happen really quickly. So we went to Sydney for World Pride. I understand that Sydney is not World Pride-esque at all <laughs> times of the year, but that really was like the, the tipping point for the me. The areas was, you're moving to, you're, oh, you'll be fine. I was like, it's so queer. It's so good. There's so many rainbows. Um, so yeah, we made the decision that we wanted to move. And then I was like, well, I'm obviously going to look on the job website to see what there is. Next minute I'd applied for like 10 jobs and then got one. Um, so now I have to move earlier. Who the dogs? How, when are they going? My dad just took my dog down oh. south today, so it's surprising that I'm so chipper because yeah, yeah, four months away from my dog, it's not going to be easy. Oh. I know. Yeah, the, that is the correct sound. It it's is because like I've just been on a holiday and come back, and we had a dog sitter, and our dog sitter was sending daily photos of all the fun activities he was doing, and my wife was like. He's having a better vacation we than we are. <laughs> yeah, and she was like, I feel like the dog's cheating on me because the dog looked happy, he's smiling, he's going to this beach, going to, oh, he's going to Frio for dinner on a Saturday oh night. And we're like, she's really, really upset. And, and it was like, this was a bad idea. I want him to be somewhere where he's miserable. Oh my and God, that's we're gonna, <laughs> you know, we get next time we go away, he's going into a like going into a cage because, you know, he's having too much fun. And oh I'm my like, God. he's had so much fun. It was incredible. That's so nice. I but, had to write my dad this like long list of instructions, like, remember, this is your grandchild yeah you're not treating it like a dog you're treating it like a baby yeah wrap her up at night in a yeah. blanket she will sleep inside like i'm just like i've drawn like illustrations for him on yeah. how she's to be treated so <laughs> we'll see we'll see um question what's next for you oh god who knows the answer to that well obviously i've just told you i'm moving to sydney so um that's literally like a week away um so i'm trotting off and I'm just going to go be like a good, <laughs> a good full-time worker for as long as I can handle it, which will be under a year. Um, and then hopefully, you know, keep my side hustles going, being back in Perth to, you know, source it up for Commander Nights every few months. So I'll still be doing that. And um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows what the, is around the corner? So we've, we've got some events coming up. If I can ask... Who else? Who is it a partnership with the, the Komodo Knights or how does that work? Well, Komodo Knights is my business. So I kind of, you know, run that m myself. But then obviously it takes more than just me to run these parties. Um, so my, I would, I would say she's a co-facilitator rather than a business partner. Um, but she's a very fabulous woman. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if she would want to be disclosed in the podcast or not, have no idea. Haven't asked her, but she's um she's been around the kink community. She knows a lot of great people, great performers. She's also just a fabulous person as well, who I get along with. Um, and she's got a very creative mind. So the two of us um we we generate good ideas together. And she's um yeah. So we we kind of run the show together, but then we also have um friends and people that 
want to host and get involved and um, sometimes people really want to come in and, you know, facilitate some kind of cross action, like some kink stuff or maybe they um, want to, you know, help out behind the bar. So like at this stage, you know, we do have a lot of people who volunteer their time for the parties because, um, you know, they, they either just really want to help it get off the ground, which it's still doing, or they're just really, you know, they still get to have a great night as well. We're not like this, you know, mill where we're like, you must work. We really want everyone to enjoy the night. So, yeah. Um, and yeah. I, we'll put the details in the, in the show notes because when you look at the price of the tickets and it's drinks included and it's, it's everything that is on a party there, they look a fantastic night. So Yes, here's my ADHD. So pegging, what about and feet? Is I that love foot feet? fetishists. Yeah. They're like one of my favorite type of client because yeah. I'm not a foot fetishist myself as far as like I don't mind feet. I'm not disgusted by them, but I'm yeah. not like, yes, feet. But I love foot rubs. A, I love receiving foot worship and foot rubs. Um, but also I just appreciate that someone can find a part of the body that's not typically or traditionally sexual and they can really just find it so sexual and like erotic and it almost makes I don't know I just appreciate the way that they think and also like it makes my job a lot easier because I can just get my feet and just like shove them in someone's face yeah I, this is my question because I want to know what's the vibe of a scenario well I guess like in just like any scenario, like you've got to build up attention with the person. So it's about, you know, um, well, in my kind of, I'm going to heavy quotation marks recipe here because there's not really any recipe. But, you know, I start the session by, you know, having a check in with my clients, sending them off to get ready for me in some kind of way. Um, we start the session. We do, I always do the ritual of kind of collar and um, cuffing and A, because I might want to tie them up to something, but also it's like the metaphor of like, I own you now. And then it starts slowly. Like uh, there'll be sensual, a bit of sensual like touch. Um, it's very kind of like almost caring, you know, and then it can kind of build from there to, depending on kind of what their reactions are. And sometimes if they're someone who's requested impact, then I'll eventually like send them over to the bench or the cross or make them crawl over there like a dog or whatever. Um, but if it's a foot guy or a foot person, um, then maybe I will get them to like give me a foot rub or wash my feet. Um, and it will start kind of like sensually. And then maybe when I kind of up the level a bit, it might be like me getting them on the floor and like trampling them a little bit or like pushing my feet into their face or getting them to like suck my toe or something. And, you know, it's really dependent on their reactions. Cause yeah. I mean, some people might really like that sensual, they just want to worship a foot and like rub it and feel it whereas someone might want to be like under feet you know and like they might want to be stood on or squished or um so I can't I kind of try out a few things to see kind of what's going what's working and then I'll I'll up that I'll just kind of dial it up and dial yeah, it up. You're, yeah you're, you're feeding off their reaction to yeah, what you do and I think that's what my kink is at the end of the day like people I hate the term topping from the bottom right because um people say oh like the submissive should never like I don't agree with this, but like the submission should never like tell you what they want or determine how the scene's going to go or whatever. But I'm like, I love the positive or the whatever the pleasure reaction that I'm getting, whether that's like pleasure out of pain or pleasure out of degradation or like whatever's working for them yeah. is what makes me tick. So, you know, I'm constantly reading for those 
signals of like, you know, how they're reacting. And then the more enthusiasm I get as far as like that communication, that the better I feel. Yeah. yeah. Nothing worse than silence. Like am yeah. I doing a good job, a bad job? Help me out here. Just give me something that I can work with. Well, look, I went to drama school as a young'un, young'un, and like the improv thing, right? Like, yes, and. So you give someone an idea, and instead of just taking it and being silent, they take that idea and then they put another idea on top of it, and then you build like that. And if someone is willing to do that as like a sub or a client or whatever, and they're willing to be like, I'm going to play into what you're doing and then give you a little crumb of something else that you can take, then that's when the, the scene builds really well. Yeah. But, um, but I get that people are nervous and a lot of people have this idea that like, if I'm a sub, I need to do what I'm told and stay quiet. And that's what my job here. And so I get it. But also like, as soon as someone gives me a little something to go with, then that's when the scene can just really take off. And like any relationship, the more you see a client, then every experience gets better and better. Yeah, because... Imagine like when you think about kink and how vulnerable you really do need to be able to be if you want to push boundaries. Like the first session with someone when we've maybe met each other once for like a coffee, which I do for like vetting, the, 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 it's unlikely that they're going to be able to get really vulnerable with me. So dynamics, you know, and I have to learn about them as well. So I can kind of go through some things and test a few things out in the first session, but really like I never promise kind of fireworks for that first session because I'm like we're gonna build something and it can take time to get good but some people just want that one off you know some people don't want to build a long-term thing they just want to get picked <laughs> and that's fine all right so as we come to an end I just want to say thank you for coming in show notes are going to have all of your information and about some upcoming of upcoming events it has been great to have you on board and I have learned quite a lot about what you do. So it's been really great. What is a, um, just to wrap things up on the end, I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me a naughty confession of yours. Oh my God. That, that does put me on the spot. Absolutely. And you coming in, you'd be asked some kind of a question that you go, oh. Well, I have to put this voice on to oh, you. Yeah. Naughty confession. No, I'll give a nice little wholesome story from this week because it's my ultimate goal in life to be a sugar daddy, like a femme sugar daddy. A femme sugar daddy, yeah. You know, like just to have one of those really heavy credit cards and this like harem of babes, not a harem, that's culturally appropriated, a free-willed large group of babes um, <laughs> who I just, you know, shower in money and gifts, but they also are just, you know, I don't Beautiful require people. anything from them in return. They just like to be around me because I've also got a lovely personality. <laughs> it's an ethical sugar daddy. Oh, anyway, okay. um, because I've been busy running, you know, sexy parties for everybody else, it does make it a bit hard for me to kind of get involved for, yes. at the parties. Like I'll go and have a little, you know, cheeky make out in the corner if I'm feeling so. But yep. I have to lean back out quite quickly because I need to make sure everyone's okay. So this week, my partner and I went to Crown Towers. No, Crown Metropole, the the second the best second one, one, which I actually quite like. And uh, we managed to invite a little date with us. Oh, yes, we were. We invited a very gorgeous third, and um, it was all, it was going to be very chill. All right, we were just kind of going to catch up. But then, I managed to get last minute um, seats at Nobu, 
Oh, which, yeah. Which, like, never happens. They yeah. never give you they a walk-in. But this, it's like this lady just knew. Yeah. It's like she knew that we were just up to something super good. So she was like, I'll get you a table. And I was feeling, I, I wasn't technically rich, but I was feeling rich, yeah. right? You owned it on the so night. So I freaking, like, wined and dined these two gorgeous women at Nobu. And then it was like, hey, you want to come up and hang, just hang out just with hang. us? Yeah. But I recently bought a second Hitachi wand because my partner and I are going to be away from each other for four months. And I didn't want to have a fight over yeah. who got to <laughs> babysit the, the Hitachi now. wand. Yeah. Me. <laughs> I get the new one. So I was like, I had two Hitachi wands in this room. Yep. And I just like wielded them yeah. um, on two beautiful women. <laughs> And it was, I mean, it was just a lot more, I yeah, did a oh, lot more, but I just, I think it was just that memory of like standing at the end of this bed naked with two How's your arms the next day then? My arms are just where they need to be, yeah. <laughs> vibrating. <laughs> My whole body is still vibrating. Nice. But yeah, that was a really nice um, Saturday night. And that is a great way to uh, end the podcast. Thank you so much for coming and stay kinky. Thank you. I will.